Turn your Bibles, please, to uh, Habakkuk 2 and verse 4. We're going to talk to you about faith today. Something that we live by. Faith is a lifestyle. It's not something you try when you're in the gym. <laughs> faith is simply trusting in Him, you know, and that's what we do. But in Habakkuk 2, 4, it says, the just shall live by faith. And then in uh, Romans 1.17, it says, the just shall live by faith. Then in, uh, uh, I think in um, 3.11, it says, the just shall live by faith. And then in, in 10.38 of, uh, of, help me, Hebrews, it says, I'll be all right. The just shall live by faith. Medication is wearing off and space is coming back into my head. <laughs> Or am I out in space? I don't know. How many of you have ever done drugs? How many of you are doing them now? <laughs> the world we live in. Hallelujah. Hope you're praying for Israel. The world is slowly turning against them. As we knew they would. But if God be for you, who can be against you? I mean, anyway, let's not get off in that. Let's stay in. Faith is a lifestyle. Oh, and there it is. <laughs> it's not a virtue to live by. And it's not a choice. It's a mandate. We don't switch on faith when you get in a jam. You live by faith. And it's not mysterious. It's like, I trust you, God. Why do I trust you? Because I got to know you. I know who you are now. And I trust you. I didn't always trust you, but I trust you now with my very life. And you can do that. I'm so grateful to God every day of my life. You know, I, I'm getting older. As are some of you. But most people don't get the privilege. That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So many people in their 40s and 50s that are gone and we're still here. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of you are younger than me anyway. I'm not trying to pull you up into this <laughs> generation. But, yeah. but, uh, but I'm grateful every day. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. And, you know, and what, what does my Bible say in Philippians 4, 4? Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Always. And again, I say rejoice because happiness is not a happening. Happiness is a decision that you make. Like the old guy that used to preach to me before I got saved in the shipyards, he would preach to me. And, I'm, and he was a nice old man. And, and I was drawn to him because he'd be sitting there reading his Bible, you know, when everybody else was doing what everybody else was doing in the shipyards at the time. And every now and again, I'd get pulled over to him. Amen. Because his Bible was really narrow in the back and really fat in the front. He read it every day, all day long. And, he, and I went over to him one day and he said, Gary, he said, you can either look down at the mud or look up at the stairs. They're both always there. And I watched that man live it in front of me, you know. So look up at the stairs. That's why the Bible told you to look up at the stairs. 
Think about it. He said, look at the stars. Why? Because you, he said, you're thinking like a pea brain. You're thinking so small compared to your big God. He said, look at the stars, man. He said, if I could put up so many stars that there's 100 million, 100 trillion in the Milky Way galaxy, what is the problem that you're having? Well, God, it's been so long. I was thinking, uh, I've been dealing with things now for years. And uh, in God's economy, a couple minutes. And in God's economy, I've already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. You're already the blessed one. Amen. Billions of people on the planet, and I know God. Billions of people on the planet, and I know him. And he knows me. What a privilege, what an honor to be in that place. Did I tell you about the two days, two nights I spent in hell? Did I? Well, I'm going to tell you about it again. It's not here in any notes or anything, but but no, because it so impacted me. I'm in the the Rebecca the Rebecca Cone. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> Watching a Christmas Carol. No. <laughs> in the QE2. In a room by myself, in the dark, and all I could hear all night long, from the time the lights went down until the time it was, was people screaming in the background, constant screaming in the background, to the point where I got up a couple of times and left. I had to find a place to get away from it. But when I was laying there, I was thinking, "This is what, this is what hell is like, and this is what I've been redeemed from." Right. Yeah. I, I endured some things for a couple of days, but he endured them at Calvary so that I would never. Oh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame of it. And now he sat at the right hand of the Father. Whew. He endured it for you and he endured it for me. I'm telling you, we ought to just jump up and celebrate every time we think about it. You ought to just get yourself happy. Billions of people don't know him and you know him and he knows you. Amen. You ought to give yourself a hug. Yeah. Say, man, I got it made. Amen. What's it look like in the world today? Well, the world today, you know, in the world there's darkness and there gross darkness upon the people. That's the world today. And you're living in this place. And, and you're subject to, subject to it to a degree that it affects how you live. But you have a way out and a way up. He said, your happiness is not determined by what's going on around you. Your happiness is determined by thinking about whose you are and who, 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 who you, who, yeah, yeah, all that too. Okay, so faith is something that we live by. The just shall live by faith. It's not a switch that you turn on and turn off. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, the gospel. Romans 10, 15 calls it the gospel of his grace. You're thinking about his grace and you let that grow up and swell up inside of you until the champion rises up on the inside. Doesn't matter what you're going through either. Right. Psalm 116, he said, he says, well, he quoted it again in, in, a, in a, oh, hallelujah. In chapter 4 of Second. Corinthians, 
he talked about, what did he talk about? <laughs> I'm standing here, devil, and I'm going to spit in your eye. <laughs> he said, he talked about David, and he said, David believed and he spoke. He said, we also believe and we speak. Speaking spirit. Anyway, faith is a school, Romans 1.17. says that we are changed from faith to faith, and the just shall live by faith. James 1.3, what does that say? I better get out some notes here and settle myself down. Hallelujah. Is it okay if I settle down? Don't get mad if you get mad at me if I struggle a little bit. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Amen. I'm in faith school, James 1.3. My fellow believers, and I'm going to be reading everything out of the Passion Translation today because I like it. And uh, lots of times I'll jump around and read a bunch of different translations. If you find the Passion, the Passion Translation, you can stay with me. My fellow believers, that would be you. <laughs> That's you and I. We're all believing something together. We're all believing together. Every one of us. My struggles are obvious. Yours maybe not so much, but every one of us in here is fighting the good fight of faith and laying hold of eternal life. Every one of us is dealing with struggles and issues. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And yes, the best is yet to be. God has not moved like he's going to move in this next little season. I'm telling you, you haven't seen anything yet. The wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just. All of those things. The blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you. So don't despair, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure, he said. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He said, fear not, little flock. I'm taking pleasure in something I got planned for the last day. I'm giving you my kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> in earth as it is in heaven. That's a good deal. Okay, anyway, James 1.3. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. I'll read that again. My fellow believers. No, because I don't know anybody right now who's not dealing with something. More so than ever, because... You know, somebody said the other day, the devil thinks he can win. No, my Bible says that he knows his time is short. He knows he's not going to win anything. He's already defeated. But he knows his time is short. And so the pressure he's putting on humanity is like never before. Never, ever saw it before. It's like, you know, and and, and when he preached it in Matthew, he said, this is like the days of Noah. This is like the days of Noah. Same things that were happening then, happening now. And, uh, but there's something greater going on in the inside. The thing, the thing about Noah's day is the flood wiped everybody out. But in my day, in your day, Habakkuk 2.14 says, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So the first flood wiped everybody out. The second one whew, is sweeping many, many people into the kingdom. Read Joel beginning in chapter 2 and verse 21 and realize that this is the day we're living in 
right now and get yourself jacked. Saying, I might not be able to see it right now in my natural eye, but my faith sees that there's a change and a change agent working in and through me. And my best days are not behind me. Doesn't matter even even my age at 40. My, my, my best days are ahead of me. Just standing up to preach might be small to you, but to me it's like this is the second week in a row. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, no, not yay, Pastor. Yay, Jesus. Yeah. Greater is he, not me. Greater is he that's in the world, not me that's in the world. And the greater one is rising up right now. You know, he we were talking, I think somebody was, I think it was Joanne talking about creation today, and talking about how everything God made, he said it was good until he came to man. And then he said, very good, and it's Ketov, it's most good. When he created you, it was his crowning achievement. Yeah. He said, I chose you and me from before. Before the foundation of the world, I picked you out. Feels good to be chosen. Are you ever going to finish this first? No, probably not. My fellow believers. <laughs> when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties. Well, even that, even that, as I read that, I'm thinking, that's over too. It's over too. There may be a little aftermath, but this, this is over. The best day is starting now. It's not going to start somewhere down the road. It's starting now. 57, 84. Five is grace. Seven is completion. Eight is a new beginning. And four is an open door. And when we started talking about that, that's when all, everything broke loose in Israel. And it looks like it's a bad thing over there, but it's not. It's a great victory. And it's stirring up the governments all over the world. Talking about the United Nothing, the United Nations, the United Nothing. <sighs> what a bunch of hosers, losers. I know we're not supposed to talk ugly about them, but you can't help it, they're stupid. <laughs> Don't talk ugly about authority. Well, they're not my authority. I'll talk as ugly about them as I want to. <laughs> Don't get people upset. Okay. When it seems though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as look see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs you up for with the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing. And nothing lacking. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. So the things that are coming against you, it's kind of like going to the gym. It's not a lot of fun. Especially for me now, I haven't been there so long. I've been lifting weights at home a little bit. Ten pound weights, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but... The step of faith. I'm going to be preaching 15 years from now. I just want anybody to know that needs to know. I'm just getting started. My best days are ahead of me. 
I don't believe the I don't believe the lies of the devil anymore. Anyway, get back to this verse. <laughs> it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. First Peter one five to nine. And again, the Passion Translation. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly, constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed. Listen to this. Listen to this. Let me read this again. Through our faith, the mighty power of God is consistently guarding us until the full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Even though lately you've been, you've had to put up with grief in many trials. You've had to put up with it, but you did. But you're still here. You're still here, still standing. Still standing after all this time. Yeah. He's... Put up with grief in many trials, but only to reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by oh, even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the Anointed One, is revealed. Your faith, you you love Him passionately, although. You have not seen him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation God had promised to you, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your mind, your will, and your emotions lining up with the word of Almighty God. Come on, even your thought life changing. To the glory of God. So faith is a door, a school, and faith is also a confession. You probably know all these things, but faith comes by hearing, not by having heard. Faith is a confession, and speech is the fuel. Faith is your confession, and speech is your fuel. You cannot. You know, whosoever shall say to this mountain, not think about this mountain, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe the things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. You got to speak to your mountain. You got to speak to the giant. Goliath, I'm taking the, your head smooth off your shoulders and feeding it to the carcass, your carcass to the fowls of the air. A 17-year-old kid said that. Because they had a big God. Your God is so big. Look, if you knew how much he loved you, you'd hug yourself. And you wouldn't sweat the devil at all. You'd just be... "Mm -hmm." So Hebrews 10, 23 says, Wrap yourself tightly around the hope that lives within you. Knowing that God always, God always keeps his promises. Always, always keeps his promises to you. Whatever his promise, it's like it's like prayer. Every prayer that you ever prayed, supernaturally, it's recorded. And maybe you prayed it 20 years ago and you forgot about it. God didn't. 
those prayers are still out there and they're still activated. Did it happen the way you wanted it to? How many of you get things the way you want them to? Because if you do, I want you to pray for me after the service. Jeremiah 1.12, he said, I watch over my word. I watch over my word. He, this is, I watch over this book to perform it. When you take this book and put it in your, in your mouth, I'll watch over it and it will come to pass. It will, not it might. Whatever you believe in God for, it's coming to pass. Whatever you're believing God for right now is coming to pass. Whatever you prayed for 20 years ago is still activated. It's not in time. Prayer is not in time. That prayer, it was heard, and God doesn't forget. Not one word, not one prayer. Amen. So Jeremiah 1.12, he watches over those promises to perform them. Romans 4.17. Call those things that be not. As though they were. Don't call them the way you see them. Call the things that be not as though they were. Call the desired result. Amen. So he's our example and father. God's presence. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead. This is what it says about, about Abraham. He believed that God can raise the dead and call things that don't even exist into being. Faith is a journey. James 2.17. Faith is an action. Faith is a journey. And again, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so you don't have to look anywhere else. So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. No, you get to act like it's true. You get to act like you believe it. Do what you can't do what you couldn't do before. If you've been dealing with sickness in your body, just do something. Do something that you that you don't think you can do. Just if it's finances, look, the best thing that you can ever do with finances is like James was talking about. We have been in that place where we would be flat broke. We started a church and I couldn't take up an offering. My flesh could have got involved in it. I needed people to give too bad to take up an offering. I had to get somebody else to do it for the first year or two. But what I found was that I could walk across the street and put a check in the mailbox to a ministry in the States or somewhere and get a return almost right away. Amen. So, so when I had a need, God told me about a seed. He said, if you have a need, plant a seed. Don't sit home and wish and hope that things are going to change because they won't. They don't change without action because faith without corresponding action is. Faith without action is. Faith doesn't work without a corresponding action. So faith that doesn't involve action is a phony. But someone might object and say, one person has faith, another person has works. Go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works as proof that I believe. Hebrews 11, talking about Abraham. What's it, what a gutsy guy. <laughs> I want you to leave your family. Well, he tried. He took Lot, his nephew, and he took his dad. He'd wait for him to die, but he was doing his best back then. How many of you ever partially be, believe, obeyed God? 
okay, yeah, God, I'll do this. I'll leave her the Chaldees. By the way, this is my dad. You might have met him before. <laughs> my nephew, Lot. <laughs> he took them and God didn't, you know, God, you know, God let them do it. But, but they both caused him trouble later on, especially Lot. But the thing was that he, he believed God. He obeyed him. When God told him to leave the familiar, I remember when God told us to start a church. I'll never forget it because we've been doing this now for 31 years and it's been good and bad and all good, but there's been bad stuff that's happened as there is in anything in life. You know, it's not particular or peculiar to a church. It's when you step out in faith to do something or you step out to start a business, you can have opposition. Those things happen. But anyway, when we started, we started the church and I quit my job. I remember God said, I want you to, I want you to quit your job. I was making good money. I had a company car and I had a... A very, very nice salary. And I left it all behind and went home and sat in the house. And I would get up in the morning and I'd have to, I had to, I had to get dressed and walk across the living room and set up a little office there because I felt so unemployed. And I would sit there and I'd, you know, I'd call all five people that were members of the church so they would get annoyed. <laughs> they couldn't do that anymore. And then we had, to, we had to believe God for money to come in. But you know what? Here we are 31 years later. And it always did. It always did. Still coming. Yeah, but the best, see, that's the thing. That wasn't the wealth of the wicked laid up in store for the just. That's still... That's still in the works. That's happening now. You, and, and that's not just for ministers that are behind the pulpit. That's for everybody in the body of Christ. Why? Because it belongs to you. Read about Solomon's wealth. He didn't take any of it with him. It's still here and it still belongs to him, which means it belongs to you. Mm. If you get real excited about it, you run around. Okay. So Hebrews eleven eight, faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. He left with only a promise without even knowing ahead of time where he was going. Abraham stepped out in faith. That's what happens. Step out in faith today. Believe in God or something? Step out. Believe in God to start a new business? Do it. What if it fails? What if it doesn't? Faith is a choice too, you know. Where's that in, uh, in Deuteronomy 30, 19? I set before you this day, life and blessing, death and cursing. What a choice. He's saying, I set before you this day, life and blessing, death and cursing. But I'm going to tell you, because it's really a no-brainer, choose life. That you and your seed, who might not even be in church today, your seed will live. If they're not in church today, I just want you to know right now, like the prodigal, they're packing, they're waking up in a pig pen and they're heading home. 
They're waking up in a pig pen and they are heading home. They're coming home. Why? Because, why? Because his word says so. Why? Because he's faithful. So it's, it, but it's, but it's beyond a doubt. No doubt involved in it whatsoever. So faith is a choice. Faith is seeing the invisible. Settle that woman down, please. Faith is seeing the invisible, Hebrews eleven twenty seven. Not only does it see the invisible, but it works the impossible. Faith sees the invisible and works the impossible. 1027. Did I say 1027? It's probably, um, it's probably 1127. Holding faith promises Moses abandoned Egypt. That must be 1127. Yeah. yeah. Holding faith promises Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage. Because he persisted in faith as he had seen God who was unseen. He saw into the unseen realm. He saw God. He came to a tree that wouldn't burn down. He'd seen trees on fire before, but not like this. Walked over and talked to this one. And talked back to him. <laughs> That'll get your attention. <laughs> First Timothy 4.15 Make all of this your constant meditation and make it real with your life so everyone can see that you are moving forward. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach for living what you preach or listen to this for living what you preach will release salvation inside you and to all those that are around you. Just live it in front of people. They might not be paying any attention to you now, but I'm guaranteeing you they're going to. Amen. Because I know we'll be gone before the tribulation period, but Matthew 24 calls this the beginning of sorrows. The world is eventually going to start freaking out, I would think. <laughs> it's, no, but isn't it amazing? Because it's still over there. It's still across the pond, and it doesn't seem to stir people up as much as when it's down the street. Unfortunately, it's coming down the street. Yeah. Faith is a decision. It's a discipline to obey the rules. Romans 3.27 calls it the law of faith. What is the law of faith? The law of faith is like the law of gravity. You can throw my Bible down on the floor 10 times and not one time will it not go to the floor. And why, the reason why he called it the law of faith is because you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel faith. If you're waiting for a feeling, it's not going to happen. Faith works because it's a law. Romans 3.27 calls it the law of faith. Not the law of feeling. So when I pray the word of God, my faith is activated and it starts to kick in and work in my, on my behalf. So, oh, I feel like God is with me. Well, what if you don't feel like he's with you? 
See, but again, that's knowing. He said, if you continue in my word, in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The amount of truth you know is the amount of freedom that you'll walk in. If you need more freedom, get more truth. It's here. It's our responsibility. So faith is a discipline. Everywhere winning is a goal. Rules are to be followed. That's the big thing. Rules need to be followed because rules govern the law of faith. You can't disobey the rules and expect, to, expect it to work. In other words, I can't wait until I feel the presence of God to know that he's with me. He said in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, I will never leave you. Think about it now, but say this to yourself every day. I will never leave you. Who's you? The understood subject. Right? I will never leave you. Next, he says, I will never fail you. Love never fails. That's right. And he is love. He's not loving. He is love. I will never leave you. I will never fail you. And I will never forsake you so that we can boldly say, what am I supposed to say? This is what I'm supposed to say. God's on my side. I'm not afraid. What can a man do unto me? God's on my side. God on your side. God's on my side. No fear here. No fear here. He said the spirit, he said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. He said, but recognize that it's a spirit. He said, I've given you love and power and a sound mind. So if it's a love and power and a sound mind deal, it's working for you. John 10, 10, he said, the thief came to steal the word, to kill, to destroy. But I came. What's God's purpose in my life? Oh, God, if I only knew your will for my life. Oh, God, please show me what your will is. I don't know what your will is for my life. He said, I want you to have Zoe life. And that, that more abundantly. I want you so overblown with life. He said, and if it hasn't fulfilled itself yet, know that all of my promises are in him. Yes, in him are amen. His promises are at work right now. I don't see them. No, you'll see them when you operate in faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by how it feels. Walk by faith and not by what it looks like. Faith is the key. And he's given unto every one of us the measure of faith. The just shall live by faith. Epicac 2, 4. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1, 17. Again, the just shall live by faith. Uh, Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just. What am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The just shall live. My lifestyle is faith. My lifestyle is I believe God. When circumstances come, I don't react, I respond. Well, sometimes I react. <laughs> but ideally, when things happen, we respond. We don't react, we wait. We wait and we hear from heaven. Amen. 
We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.